Hey there! Are you tired of waiting for the next episode of It's Probably Not Aliens? Well, we've got some good news for you. On Nebula, our streaming service, you can get access to all our episodes a week early. That's right, you'll never have to wait again to hear Scott and I debunk the latest ancient astronaut theory or get a movie fact wrong. But that's not all. Nebula is home to dozens of content creators we know you like, so you can find all your favorites in one place. Plus, we post content on there that you won't find anywhere else. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and listen to the next episode right after this one. I just, I have one word that I think encapsulates this episode and I think encapsulates this uh, journey that we're about to take. And that's, that's the word courage. Courage. I was going to say courage. I was, I was also thinking courage. Courage. That was actually, yeah. It's, it, it yeah. takes courage to record this podcast. And we'll take courage to listen to it. <laughs> we'll take courage to listen to it too as well. <laughs> or, or bribery. One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I opened the first word of the introduction of this book and I just, I laughed for a good 60 seconds. I thought it was so funny to open with that. It takes courage. <laughs> it took, it took courage. courage. Can you imagine like an author, like patting themselves on the back in the first sentence, it took courage to write this book. Just so you <laughs> well, all know. I texted Phil. I texted <laughs> Phil. I was like, this feels familiar. Why does this feel so weirdly <laughs> familiar? Like, have you read uh, In the Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same thing. It's yep. it's written by, it's the this writing style, it's written by a guy who's like, I am scared to impart this knowledge to the people <laughs> of the earth, but I feel it is my duty so that you must avoid the mountains of madness. And it's, <laughs> It's like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then it gets into uh, and then it gets into the primitive culture racism and the parallels oh, are yeah. only further mm -hmm. accentuated. Honestly, yeah. Lovecraft could have written this. This could yeah. be a lost Lovecraft book. <laughs> at least at least Lovecraft had the humility to say, if I stared this thing in the eyes, <laughs> it would turn my brain into scrambled eggs. This guy, it's like, I'm the only one with the, the greatness of mind to bring yeah. this to you. He had to rewrite the book at least four times because it, the masturbation kept ruining the pages. It just, <laughs> it, it, that's the courage. That's, that's the, courage. the courage. The courage yeah, to, it takes to, to continue writing. To clean up and start over. Yeah. It just, <laughs> <laughs> listen to Pixel It. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't even introduced the show yet. <laughs> So hi, everyone. If you are used to listening to It's Probably Not Aliens, this is a very special episode. Tristan, who is usually here with me, my name is Scott. I'm one of the regular people. 
Tristan is off doing his own thing right now. He's at, I think, VidCon, hanging with folks. I'm too busy. I'm too busy reading this book to go to VidCon. You're doing the hard work, Scott. Yeah, so I brought some of my favorite people on the internet. You may have recognized Kevin's voice already because Kevin's been on a couple episodes of this podcast. But we also have uh, his co-host, Phil from the podcast Pixelit. Hello, you two. Hi, Scott. Longtime Hello. listener, first time caller. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for being here. I love uh, when I get to do guest episodes without Tristan. It feels like the teacher has left the room and I get to, you know, <laughs> we get to just have fun. You just throw throw balls of paper across the room and uh, yeah. I love it. And learning nothing. Yeah. Learn nothing. <laughs> That's exactly. So when I, when I knew I was going to fill this episode, like first choice was YouTube. Because you're number one, just your podcast is very good and very funny and very fun to listen to. And if people don't know, can you explain what Pixelit is about? Sure. Yes. So Pixelit is we read, recap, and review video game novelizations and tie-ins. So uh, that could be anything from we've read uh, a book on Dead Space, we've read books on Halo, but we've even read books uh, that were adaptations of the video game uh, Eco. Oh, you know this high art uh, video game actually had a had a book novelization, varying quality, but always fun. Always fun. Always fun. Yeah, we talk a lot about adaptation and Mm -hmm. uh and how things you know how it compares to the video game itself the source material Mm -hmm. and and whether or not it was even worth doing the adaptation and uh it's a it's it's a niche topic but we uh we're still doing it two years later so yeah uh, we have a good time and perfectly in time with this episode Mm -hmm. uh our our series we just started recording a a series on uh xcom ufo defense oh nice famously was based on a lot of stuff that was based on chariots uh chariots of the gods yeah oh i didn't even know that that's cool i never played the game i know a lot of my friends in college played it yeah it seemed fun i think uh, i think it's popular it's a popular game right oh yeah okay Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it's it's the kids love it. The kids, yeah, the kids can't get enough of it. Yeah. They can't get enough. I play like one game a year. I don't. If I I don't have time for VidCon, I have very little time for video games. I wish I had more time. They seem fun. People seem to like them. Those video games. <laughs> the kids yeah, of their games. You know, yeah. Uh, avoid gamers at all costs. Yes. You know, just just games, no gamers. Yes. Yeah. Just yes. games, no gamers. Perfect. That's, that's the official Pixelit motto. Yeah. yeah. Take your game motto, into a, a hibernation chamber. Lock all the doors. Close the windows. Don't even speak to your cat. Yeah. And enjoy. Don't tweet. No. Definitely don't tweets. do that. Ooh. No. 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 But I thought I thought you two. I thought a fun idea for an episode to have you two on would be to cover the book that started it all, at least a couple chapters. So we're going to be talking about, this is a book club right now. This is a book club. And we read the first couple chapters of Chariots of the Gods by Eric Von Daniken. Oh, man. And as the man says right at the start, it takes courage to read this book. It really yeah. does. And a, and a bloated sense of self. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is exciting because when when uh, when you mentioned what we were going to be reading, I was like, oh, oh, we're doing like foundational text. Yeah, like this no, is- this is canonical text for ancient aliens and uh, ancient oh, astronaut this theory. This is it. This is it. This I, is I was excited. I was like, this is a fun idea. In the first couple chapters, it touches on a lot of 
the stuff that Tristan and I have talked about in previous episodes of this podcast. You know, it talks about the Nazca lines. Uh, mm-hmm. It talks yeah. about the Baghdad battery, stuff like that. But it's fun to sort of see where it all started, especially because like the first one to two chapters is like sort of painting a picture that's like, okay, I sort of get what he's going at here. And then once you hit like chapter three, it really gets into like, I don't know, man, this is like that you're saying a lot yeah. of stuff that is uh, yeah. really wacky. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he starts out in this introduction talking about like, I am the most courageous man in the world and I would like to thank <laughs> yeah. other courageous scientists including, and he's like name dropping. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, and he just and he's he like, says my some, buddy like, Werner von Braun. Uh-huh. He really hooked me up with the NASA archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> shout out to him. Yeah, and every, shout everyone in the room is going, oh, uh-oh, okay, uh-oh, uh-oh. cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's amazing. So what can I ask? I would love to I want I want to dive into this book a little bit deeper, but I would love to ask what is your I guess relationship or history if any to the to ancient aliens or this idea of ancient astronaut theory? I mean cuz this book came out when 1967? Yeah, mm-hmm. like about 60 years ago almost. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Did either of you had people who read it, who read this book, or at least or knew about the show or anything like that? I mean, the show's been going on for forever. It's a huge hit. So yeah. Well, I I grew up as a cryptozoology nerd. Uh, oh, okay, I, cool. I, yeah, as a kid, I was obsessed with the Loch Ness monster Same. and yeah. Champ and yeah, all that stuff. I loved, mm-hmm. I loved all you got of the that. Flatwoods stuff. monster right over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, right over my shoulder. I went to the uh, went to the Flatwoods yeah. uh, Museum in in West Virginia, and uh, I. I I love that stuff and and that kind of naturally leads you to mm-hmm. UFO UFOlogy stuff and uh, especially because I was um well I'm an old man and I was raised without the internet and uh, so you'd have to go to your local library or whatever and when the novelty Sasquatch books and Mothman books were out you'd naturally just kind of go to the next spot over and there would be some UFO stuff and so I naturally got into that a little bit but the ancient astronaut stuff mm-hmm. was something that I, it was always just kind of even for a cryptozoology nerd that stuff was like conspiracy theory uh, hack for me so I, Re- yeah. I tended to avoid it yeah so I, I don't have a lot of background but I do but I do remember people talking about chariots of the gods and stuff like that but this is my first time reading it same. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I might have seen, you know, ancient aliens once before. And I think the thing that I, I remember most clearly uh, that kind of gets to it is, do you remember when Fox uh, was like, oh, we have the 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 tapes of the the, the alien autopsy? Yeah. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. late '90s or something like that. Might as well have been just like a fucking X Files promo. Yeah, it's it true. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like you're looking at it. It's like this is that's about the level of scientific suit. gravity that they gave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wonder if the alien will have boobs. Like, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> And they, okay, and yeah. there is a part of the first, like, I think chapter two or something that, that talks about how, like, inevitably aliens will find women to breed with or whatever. Like, he, he's painting the picture, like, if us in the future, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but if us in yeah. the future travel to other planets, they will see us as gods, theoretically. And the first thing that we are going to do is seek out women that we can, like, and breed with. with yeah, quote, unquote. <laughs> and, and, like... 
I mean, it, he might be. Yeah, tr- I, he might be I, onto something there. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I I put the quote down. A few specially selected women would be fertilized by the yeah. astronauts. Oh. <laughs> thus, thus, a new special. race would arise that skipped a stage in natural evolution. The clinical yeah, way yeah. of my, him writing that is just so unsettling yeah. to me. I, I wrote right next to it was, uh oh, Eric is doing an alien eugenics. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, that was that was the part where because uh, up until that it was very the first chapter I think you know aside from the ego stroking is very mm-hmm. um, come on now like uh, surely uh, uh, there have to be there has to be life in the universe that isn't us and yeah. it's actually you're like yeah sure yeah okay sure you know and, and maybe in the 60s this wasn't I don't think I think most people unless they have religious tendencies towards it or something you ask them like with how big the universe is we're not the only people around right but uh, you know I, I think most, but maybe it's different in the '60s. Maybe so. You you start you're like, okay, well, this isn't nuts. He's not he's not saying anything crazy just yet. And then he gets. It's kind of like if you're learning how to farm or something like that. It's yeah. like this, it's a thought experiment that he's like, well, we would do this and this would happen. If we, it's like you're learning how to farm and he's like, okay, so if we were farmers, we would get out on the ranch here and you've got, and, and the animals look right. up to us, you know, we feed them. They see us yeah. almost as gods. And so you're going to fuck a few pigs and yeah, that's going to happen. Have you're like, to. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, that's where you're gonna go. We all know this. We all know this, and you're going to give birth to some really heinous pig uh, 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 man hybrid that have uh-huh. skipped the next level of evolutionary, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, change. And that's just what we're all gonna do. Obviously, that's like, just on. nature. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You're talking about a completely different species. Right, uh, of, right. Of, and, and your first thought is, well, naturally, we're all gonna fuck each other, we're right? Gonna, yes, yeah. that's just, let's 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 be real here. Let's no, be real. Yeah. Eric understands, uh, Eric understands the assignment. Yeah. He knows, he and, knows human nature. That's a yeah. fact. That whole section, though, I, he's, I, I, I wrote down that he's basically the, he's like the Ben Shapiro of making up space shit. Because yes. every okay. sentence... <laughs> was like, let's say, let's assume, let's venture. And I just couldn't, I just, uh, I, I, all I had in my head was Ben Shapiro going, no, 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 let's just say, let's yeah, just let's say, say. No, let's, let's just say. Say. Say, say for the sake of argument, you know, like, for the you sake know. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so you, if you if you go down and, and you're not you're not gonna fuck the the uh, the uh, the alien life. I, I no. I just uh, that's, I don't that's just it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe you. That's intellectually dishonest. It's human nature. It's natural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And like, okay, so I didn't know this was gonna go this direction. No, I I, I led us there from the get go because that was the that was the turning point for me where I was like, I don't now we're getting into some weird territory. Cause like yeah. you're right. Chapter one really does just start with this whole with this big question of like, are there an other intelligent beings in the universe somewhere? Right. And this is something that Tristan and I have talked about in like in like the first two episodes of this podcast was discussing this question of like, what are the thoughts about it? What's the research on it, anything like that. And it's really easy to get into, to, I mean, cause I'm, I believe it too. I'm like, the universe is so big. There's gotta be oh, yeah. something. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. I personally just don't think we've definitively found anything yet, but, yeah. but I, I want to believe there's something out there. Yeah. I used to have the poster. I, I want to believe. believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's, I think, but the problem that you run into immediately with this is, is I don't think anybody reading this who, who is, you know, uh, in thinking in terms of the universe and the galaxies and everything like that is going to just go, no, no, surely not. I don't think anyone, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the conclusion he comes to after that. Yes. That's so still very, um, anthrocentric, if you will, where it's just yeah. this feeling of like, he still thinks in terms of alien life forms, even though he's like well why do we do they might not need oxygen they might not need this but you can tell he's still thinking in terms of like but we could fuck uh you know but right yeah there's a way better chance that if there is alien life out there it's it takes a shape that is nothing that we can recognize that's so you're exactly right because he does he starts talking about how like you know there are certain bacteria that can exist in different places or, or different conditions like we don't need it to be exactly like human life to survive so we're, we can look on other planets that might not look like earth but then yeah he does immediately come back down to like but also we are we're looking for humans yeah though. we're looking yeah. for human like yeah. beings for sure for sure but yeah and i think that's sort of like it's like tricky what he's doing because he starts with this question that i think a lot of people even if they don't agree with the idea that there is life out there i think a lot of people at least could get on board with the idea that there could be you know yes and so absolutely. i think that's what the first chapter is doing and in that regard it almost sets up this book to be a little boring at first i felt like yeah it is it's so mathematical in the first two chapters because and i think that's another way of trying to present eric von daniken as as a credible source yeah yeah and i was talking to kevin about this before we were recording but i was reading this the the pdf that i sent you as well as listening to the audiobook that is i think more updated than this pdf and during the math sections in the first two chapters it is drastically different oh in the modern one versus the previous i guess like first iteration of the book and i think it's just because there's just updated information and they're trying to like <laughs> you know like uh go back which like good on them for at least trying sure. to like sure. all right here's the more accurate information yeah and Kevin, you were telling me about this. I didn't realize that the word billion just wasn't used a lot in like like 50 to 60 years ago because Eric Von Daniken <laughs> yeah. does use the word like 4,000 million and then the audiobook uses 4 billion, which are the same number. But it's just, I've never heard someone say 4,000 million yeah. before. That's funny. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really funny. There's another word I was, I pointed out to Scott that he uses, which is milliard, mm-hmm. which is the word that was used prior to billion. Mm-hmm. Oh. So two milliard is like, it means 2,000 million or two billion. And yeah. I think that we should call billionaires milliardaires. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call them milliards. 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 Yeah. milliards. Yeah. Look at that milliard over there with its suspenders <laughs> it's just and top hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. But like, so, so it's a little dry. I don't know. Did you guys feel it was a little dry the first like chapter or two? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's trying sure. to hook us in. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing what all good cult leaders do, and they make it seem, you know, almost banal mm-hmm. what they're talking yeah. about. Oh, this is so. E- Come on. No, I'm just. I'm just a little old question person. I just, I got just my question pants on yeah. and I'm just curious. I'm just a curious little cat with my saucer of milk. Look at me. And chapter three Ooh. just goes, ah! yeah. just like, let's, 
lets the whole thing out of the bag. And I think he may have jumped the gun by a chapter or two. I think For we needed sure. one or two more dry chapters. It is so, because even you look at the, the amount of, uh, like the length that each chapter takes up. So first chapter is just asking the question, could there be intelligent life out there? The answer, mm-hmm. maybe. And then chapter two is like painting the picture of like, all right, let's put ourselves as the space explorers. And yeah. we're going to, this is what would happen if we went out and we found intelligent life that was maybe not as uh, technologically advanced as us. And right. they might view our more advanced technology as like magic, as mm-hmm. like, you know, they are gods from they the heavens gods. coming down. Yeah. Exactly. And, and people like Asimov were saying the exact same sort of thing at that time. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But, and and yeah. so it, he goes on to, the, he paints this whole picture of like, if you look at it from our modern lens with our modern view and understanding of technology, you can see how, which is almost like undoing a lot of what (laughs) it's like pointing out. I think the big flaw with his, with his claim, which is like, yes, you only get to these conclusions if you are looking at stuff from our modern lens and not actually. So like, yeah, you can look at these like carvings and paintings and all these writings and stuff and be like, I bet they're talking about space. I bet they're talking about teleportation and like things like lasers and aliens. And it's like, yeah, because you have that modern context for all of those things. It's, it's so wild to me that he like brings that out and and he thinks somebody in the process yeah. In the process, he's like, also, archaeologists, they suck. Yeah. Like, every <laughs> chance he gets, I he's love like, it. fuck archaeologists. Yeah. These yes. idiots. He, he basically accuses them of gatekeeping. He, he's like, he's like, what with their with their expertise and knowledge? They're the only ones who get made. made. The oh, first okay. two, he yeah. just yeah. Oh, I, I thought we were in America, and uh, oh, he, <laughs> he basically he the first two chapters he sets down a lot of foundation that you would mm-hmm. have to be a real dickhead to to try and refute. You know, you'd, yeah. you'd have to be actually trying to be. But then by the it's like he's just like, look, we all agree. Chapter one is like, look, we all agree that that aliens could probably exist. Space and chapter big. two is like, yeah, we just got to we there are lots of unknown things in the universe that we don't understand that science is still trying to figure out. And then chapter three is like, and that's why the archaeologists are trying to fucking put arsenic in the water supply. Yeah. And you're like, no, yeah. wait, hold, well, on. hold on, hold on a second. How did we get <laughs> back, here? <laughs> back up. That's uh, you jumped. You jumped up far, far ahead here. And yeah. Yeah. What I love about chapter two, though, as he's painting this picture of like, this is what a different planet would think if we landed on their stuff he talks about technology and he mixes like current technology with like stuff that doesn't exist yet in our world yeah right like so he's talking about like all right so aliens would see us with our strange heads and it's just like we're wearing helmets in our spacesuits and then they'd see we they'd be confused about how we could make the night turn bright as the sun so we have flashlights and then he's like and then we could effortlessly rise into the air you know, with our rocket belts that we have. Right, that was yeah. where I saw rocket belts. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the same place for me. Like, yeah. the, we just got rocket belts. Okay, those will blow your legs and, right off. And, yeah. this is, and before he starts all this, he's like, these things will be invented in the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric. Eric Von Daniken, libertarian. He's just yeah. like, if they have free market, we'll make sure this happens. It's gonna happen. We it's all want happen. it to happen. Human ingenuity. And probably, th- that's the thing. He's relying on the ingenuity of humans, the curiosity of humans mm-hmm. to make the technology to evolve. But he doesn't extend that same courtesy.
legacy to primitive cultures. He he That's he the, won't he won't, mm-hmm. you know he he's saying he's saying like oh well those guys yeah aliens helped them obviously we have just got to figure out how to make fucking rocket belts and that'll be fifteen years down the line yeah. you mark my words everyone's gonna be right flying around in them but then he also in like the next sentence is like. And then we also fly through the air with helicopters. So it's, yeah. it's like we have rocket belts and also helicopters for flying. I don't <laughs> know why he couldn't think of like a, a different flying. If we have rocket belts, surely we'd have different a different flying vehicle that can, right. than helicopters. But when did when were helicopters popularized? Because yeah, that emphasis. I wonder if helicopters weren't like top of the line technology at the time. Yeah, I think you Hold might on, be right. See, when was the first helicopter? Everyone's furiously googling helicopters invention date 1939 yeah no 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 they were used in world war ii and it's okay all right so that's that's off that's he must have just thought they were cool though i guess he just really fucking love they are loves they're pretty cool they're, yeah they're neat and so we're sort of like leaning you know he, he's doing this idea of like painting a picture of like now just look at it from our our point of view or like mm-hmm. We can look at the past and see that maybe someone, he wrote a line down and I took a screenshot of it, but I, I don't know if I can find it because I took a million screenshots. <laughs> you got to narrow down the screenshots, Scott. Uh, when he's talking about the carvings and portraits and like all these different visual things that ancient civilizations took down and that maybe if you squint, they could look like aliens. He wrote about it and said, I should like to be generous and I'm willing to postulate that the primitive artists were unskilled and portrayed the figures in this rather crude way because it was the best they could do. That's him being generous, he says. Yeah. Is yeah, he's being saying, real nice. He's saying, I'm, I'm going to be generous and say these artists just like didn't know how to draw an alien good. You know? H.R. <laughs> Giger, they're not, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, no, I'm no, no, no. Sorry. No Chiaroscuro shading. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> so, like, it's those, like, lines that he draws in the sand that are so bonkers to me where he comes yeah. to it. He, I mean, you can tell he comes to this idea with a clear conclusion in his head and he's like, I'm yeah. just going to twist everything until it all makes sense to me. But I, I mean, and that's when we get to chapter three, which is th- what I feel like I could talk about for the bulk of this podcast for sure. And I feel like we kind of have to. We it have is, to. It is the bulkiest chapter of the three and it's by far uh, the most bonkers. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your, so as we're reading through the first two chapters pretty much fly by. They're a little dry at times, very mathematical, but you know, you're sort of, you could sort of be on board a little bit with what he's saying. Like, all right, sure. And then we get to chapter three, uh, which is I think like three times as long as the other chapters. Oh yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah, it's the improbable world of the unexplained is what this chapter is called. And <laughs> it does this thing Thing of throwing everything at you at once. All at I once. Felt like, yeah, I felt like I was, I was, a, I was like, it, I, I was being conned in a shell game. Yeah, like, yeah. like the, he, Eric von Daniken is <laughs> just some guy who's like, all right, now watch the. He's like, all right, now look at look at the coin. Here we go. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna slide and we're gonna move this. And I'm like, oh my god. He's like, uh, Baghdad batteries. And I'm like, Nazca lines. Five thousand year old textile, too complex for anyone to do by hand. It's just so obviously if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, we've hit on a lot of stuff that this third chapter hits on. We're talking about the Nazca lines and the Baghdad battery and all this stuff. But just to just to talk about the Nazca lines for a bit, because this is another screenshot that I took, because I cannot believe that not even in the modern audiobook thing, they didn't delete this line. So they're talking about how the Nazca lines, which are these 
very straight, long stretches of land that sort of look like roads around Peru. Eric Von Daniken says that they are like a landing strip for an airplane, right? right? That's his claim is like ancient people had access to airplanes or aircraft in some capacity and they needed an airport or a landing strip or something for these airplanes to land on. He sort of briefly touches on like, well, why haven't we found any planes then? He's like, well, you know, if the plane was made out of metal, it would have corroded over time. And he says, most metals corrode in a few years, but stone never corrodes. (laughs) Like, sure, stone doesn't rust, but it definitely erodes. Yeah. You'll excuse me. I have to I have to climb out from behind these uh, stalactites and stalagmites to uh, explain to you that stone stays the same at all times. It never corrodes. Yeah, I feel like this is around this point. He he has and I wrote it down. Why would they do any of this if not for aliens? I wrote that down, too. It's so funny to me that he can't wrap his head around anything. He's he he talks about all of these like big statues and like these these big they're they are works of art and he can't wrap mm-hmm. his mind around the concept of art why <laughs> so right. why like, would they do that why would they make these big things what, why would they do something people, artistic right it, it's it's insane it, he goes into like full it's the most condescending mm-hmm. uh, shotgun blast of alien conspiracy theory like bird shot of conspiracy theory hitting you all at once mm-hmm. and it's so condescending and it's like he talks about this map and uh and he's like this is oh and i looked this map up i forget what the name of it was but it, oh, the Piri Reese t- map yeah Piri yes. Reese. Mm-hmm. yes and he talks about this map and i was like that's interesting let me look that up a very cool uh, uh uh artifact a very interesting example of old cartography but the notion that ancient people couldn't figure out how to get a map just so without yeah. fucking like that it's spoiled is so, what it is it's <laughs> so and so we've done an episode about the Piri Reese map but Eric Von Daniken in this book talks about an angle of it that I that I don't think we discussed on that episode which is he claims so just a refresher for everyone the Piri Reese map is like this old map that looks like it accurately draws the sort of landscape and coastline of like South America and like Antarctica and and things like that long before we ever knew that we had the ability to, to map out those locations as, as accurately. And we we sort of debunked that whole thing on a, a very old episode of this podcast, but we didn't talk about this angle that Eric writes in this book, which is how did they get that data it was they went up into the sky and yeah. took a photo of it, like a, yeah. like a camera photo. And I, in the most literal sense, because then he talks about, well, how come the edges of the map don't line up really well? Oh, it's because the camera lens that they were using has like spherical distortion the way that like older lenses sure. would. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, it's like uh, on one hand, you're saying that these older civilizations have these advanced technologies that they can create flying machines, hovering machines even way back in the day, but they are limited by camera technology yeah. of just like, le- which to even today, we don't have alien spacecraft and flying saucers and right. things, yeah. but we do have software that does lens correction. Yeah. Sure. And so it's weird that the aliens wouldn't have lens correction no software. Lens correction. <laughs> they can, they, they can have Photoshop. They can no. hover like a Harrier jet, but the fisheye lens just yeah. fucks them up. It, no, it's, they could. They got no fix for that. 
Yeah, uh, they've never figured that out. No, never. It's, they're mm-hmm. still still working with with the with Photoshop version 1.0. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to pay for the Creative Cloud subscription. They, they thought that was bogus. <laughs> they're still well, rocking CS6. That's the thing with this. When I as I read it, uh, I you have to wonder about people like Eric Von Daniken, where you wonder, like a lot of people in these positions, whether they're con men or they're true believers. Mm-hmm. And this was around the time that I started. Oh, he's a true believer. I, I I have to believe that because it's such a childish way of looking at it. Yes, it's it's like when I when I first started going camping and stuff like that, and and uh, and I wanted to have coffee in the morning, so I had to learn how to make coffee on an open fire. How they used to do like way back when, mm-hmm. and it's a pain. It's a pain. It's still mm-hmm. very it's very good coffee, uh, but it's it's not like a drip you know thing that you can program the night before. Yeah. It's a, a royal pain, but it still works. It's still it's mm-hmm. kind of like a kid going wait that's how you a, a kid finding out about dial up. Let's say yeah, some kid being like. You, wait, you had to, you had to, you had to get on the internet to make. That's really, it was like, yeah, but I was on, but it worked. It's, it, it was a pain. Mm-hmm. It isn't as good as this, but it worked. And that's this, this notion that people in, you know, a thousand years ago or more, uh, just, just because they didn't have the ability to fly above the Earth's surface mm-hmm. and sketch out an accurate that they would have just given up and been like, I guess we'll figure it out when we can fly. Yeah, that's not how people work. <laughs> It's so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that in here where it's, it's weird where he draws the line on the, as, as advanced as the technology gets. And he, Mm -hmm. I think he's purposely vague in a lot of ways too, of just like, was this aliens doing it? Was it the alien technology that they handed off to people? Was it, you know, and and I think he's purposely trying to like, you know, he's like you were saying, he's just, he's just, he's just the guy asking questions. He doesn't have answers. He's just asking questions. questions. I'm just asking questions. Just asking asking questions. questions. Yeah. Eric Von Daniken, fair and balanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really, really, really uh it totally uh underestimates the the amount of time and boredom there was back yes. then for yes. somebody to just figure something out like uh what was it uh Eratosthenes with the 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 stick like yeah. he had to, like he had to wait like a whole fucking year to prove that one you know what yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> This 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 notion that yeah exactly that's exactly it the shed, had, like measuring the shadows and the the time and you're like yeah. oh if it's the sun is in this position it's yeah because <laughs> he says there's another thing I said I wrote here which is he says who can imagine that human hands and human endeavor excavated transported and dressed this big block talking about uh, some stone statues from the past it's like what else were they doing man yeah the- <laughs> man they they weren't they was like well I would love to excavate this but the bold and the beautiful are on and. And, yeah, uh, it's like, I oh, just man, don't that's have what time. they were doing. That's what that's they were what doing. They- that's what they were doing. There is something to old people screaming about how, you know, the young bucks nowadays are so busy playing their games and they're distracted so much. There mm-hmm. is at least something to it. It's like, we could be moving monoliths. We yeah. could be doing that. Come on. We shouldn't. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not distracted by video games. You're not. That's You're not, not me. Actually, right now I am. The, the Zelda game, is, it's got me in. Oh, it's got sure. me in You're its only, hooks. You're only human. It's in, it's in your talents. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just another question quote that I really, really love talking mm-hmm. about ar- archaeologists. Uh, they stick a couple of old pot shards together, search for <laughs> one or two adjacent cultures, stick a label on the restored find, and hey, presto, once again, everything fits splendidly into yeah. the approved pattern of thought. <laughs> 
Like the man has never been on an archaeological dig in his life. He like he has no idea. Well, that's the thing. So he's talking about if if this is the section I remember, he's talking about sort of like what happens when you find something that is like sort of outside of what we know of, and it's like well, right. well, you just you dig it up, you you either slap it onto something that it, that fits you know what we already know about that culture, or you 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 say oh this is something brand new and just slap it on the label and be like nope this culture had this other idea and it's like yeah dude like sometimes cultures can have lots of different ideas like yes. yeah. and they and it's yeah. because they are a, a complex group of people a complex civilization and he's and like that, unless they're the sumerians and they appear out of nowhere yeah yes <laughs> oh that was not all right this was my favorite part and not just because he referred to the semites as semi-barbaric oh, oh my god there's that dog whistle. Holy mm-hmm. shit. But yeah, that was my favorite part in this whole section where he's just like, okay, so how do you explain explain the Sumerians? What do you mean? How do I explain it? They just showed up with all this technology and stuff. It's like, no, they they really didn't. They were they were, yeah. they were there figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, they just showed up one day. He really he does have this fascinating view on how uh scientists and are and uh yes. anthropologists stuff must must think of these things. I I did his did his like first girlfriend his first love like leave him for an anthropologist or something and he's just like fuck it from now on they're all assholes yeah that's gonna be in this book it's like they're they're arrogant they only care about the established order they 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 got big penises and that matters for some reason No, because he talks about. You're right, because he he has this he has this other line. He's like really just a, like going hard on, on against uh, archaeologists and anthropologists yeah. in this in this section as he says the line like you know when when we're talking about like how do we explain these things that that seem like they're inexplicable based on our current level of knowledge to which like an actual historian or anthropologist or something would say like well let's look at the context and let's do yeah. some more research and things but he sort of says like how can we look at these things inhibited as we are by stubbornness and prejudice like he's saying that about the archaeologists that they are inhibited by yeah. stubbornness and prejudice. They're so prejudiced. Whereas, yeah. like, he couldn't, he he is holding a mirror up to himself right now saying these lines, yeah. you know? Like, it's so weird because no matter what you say to him, he's going to be right. stubborn about it and he's going to say, well, actually, that was aliens when you think about it, you know? Yeah. And there's a moment at the, towards the end of chapter three where he goes, theories and intol- intolerably audacious ideas Ideas are hushed up or dismissed by killer phrases, as the Americans mm. say. There are many possibilities. <laughs> yes, this it's is against good. the rules. Always a good one. It's not classical enough. Bound to impress. It's too revolutionary. Mm-hmm. The universities won't go along with that. Others have already tried that. We can't see any sense in it. And that hasn't been proved yet. And that's like, he's like, he's like, these are all, these are how, this is how they shut us down. Yeah. But yeah. Wanting evidence. What yeah. the fuck? Like they're, yeah. What I, what I love. And, and we, we, sort of bounced over this in the earlier chapters, but, you know, in these list of rules, he's talking about like, you know, oh, it's too revolutionary. We just, it hasn't been proved yet. He uses the examples to like sort of get people on his side about like, is my way of thinking really that radical? Because when you think about it, people used to think that the earth was flat and he brings that up a lot. And it's just funny in modern context that 
people, the same people Nothing would changes. be reading this book would be like, well, clearly Eric doesn't know about, yeah. uh, about how the earth is actually flat. It's, it, yes. we have, it, this is a strange full circle we've come with this yeah. kind of, it, it never changes. It, I, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that most science, most truth, most, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is not sexy. It's not mind blowing most of the time. It's just, it's just, oh, okay. I didn't know that. And that's most, and, and a lot of it also isn't always as conclusive as, as a person would mm-hmm. like for it to be really satisfying. The world mm-hmm. isn't like the Da Vinci Code, you know. It's yeah. We we can't reach most times. We can't reach just absolute one hundred percent conclusions. We can hit like ninety eight, ninety nine percent, but we can't eliminate possibilities. And that's not satisfying to children and Eric Montanikin. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they want a hard line finish line. Get on the finish line. It's aliens, and it's like no, it's not. The truth is is far more banal than that. <laughs> yeah, it's like. It's probably art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably that's, art. And, but that's not as believable for some reason. I think Eric Von Daniken just doesn't understand art. And that's where a lot of his confusion comes from with, with a lot of the evidence, quote unquote, evidence that he pulls. Yeah. It's just like yep. ancient cultures making art. And he's like, but who is it for? And it's like, I, everyone, I, man. It's for I everyone. Think, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. And it's something that you and Tristan uh, hit on on the show all the time where it comes from these people who tend to be essentially, this is ironic based on the, the backflips they'll do to to back up their their theories uh but they are essentially very incurious people mm-hmm. uh they, they they there isn't a level of like just really there's not a lot of thoughtfulness about it. it's like why would they just do that well it was something to do not everything means something and and that can be very confusing sometimes if you're trying to look yeah. back but it, it, that's just life and it you don't have occam's razor man you don't need to yeah. jump through hoops to make some bizarre conspiracy theory yeah. true just because the answer is boring. Yeah. And there's there's so there's so much more just in this in this chapter that is because he really just lays it on thick here in, in a lot of just really baffling ways that I feel like I could I could talk about really forever. Yes, <laughs> this, he hits like half the countries in the world. Yeah, with, yeah. with this stuff in this there's chapter. A, there's a literal section of the chapter that I thought of as crazy bullet points where he literally yep. is just like and this thing and this thing and this thing. Oh, and it just you're just oh my god i feel like i feel like if we reread this chapter four more times we would get something like not just kind of new but brand spanking new out of it every single time it is nuts in there yeah and and just sort just to sort of cap it off it's it literally this chapter ends with what i was talking about near the start which is a paragraph about him saying as soon as we look at the past with our present day gaze and use the fantasy of our technological age to fill up the gaps in it, the veils that shroud the darkness begin to lift. Yeah, man, that's the problem. (laughs) 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 You're exactly right, Eric. And that's what makes it not good research. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Eric Von Daniken looking back on his life and seeing all the 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 uh, the wild theories that have been dredged up by his book. And he's basically the the guy in the hot dog suit. So <laughs> yeah. I wonder who could have done this. Yeah. Hey, we're all looking for the guy who did this, you know, it's. <laughs> 
I, he's, he's a great example. I think of, I think about conspiracy theorists and I, I think of them kind of as fan fiction writers of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's not a franchise. It's life that they're writing fan fiction for. And, and sometimes it's entertaining, but mostly it's just cringy. Yeah. Well, I am very sorry that I had to subject you both to reading the, the first three chapters. I'm not done. I'm going to finish this. I'm finishing this book. I'm reading this whole thing. I kind of want to keep going, <laughs> make this a series. Would you guys be willing to come back in the future and just keep reading this book with me? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's we're done. Down. It's done. I want to so bad. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find if they enjoyed this banter with you two talking yeah. about a book? Is there a specific place on the internet where they can hear more of you talking about books? Oh, yeah. Ah. You can you can find us uh, wherever fine podcasts are distributed freely. And that's going to be your, your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify's, your Google Musics, and YouTubes, and your... Just put in, you know, you go, go on a platform that you think has a podcast thing and put in Pixlet. It's probably going to be there. Uh, you can also go to our website, pixletpod.com. You can follow us on uh, the wasteland known as Twitter, at <laughs> pixletpod, uh, on Instagram, at Pixlet Pod and at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pixlet Pod. Excellent. Yeah, we'll have links to all of that in uh, the description of this episode. Kevin, Phil, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you, Scott. Uh, you can find more of this show over at probsnotaliens.com. That's where our, you can find links to everything. Thank you to everyone who shares this. Tristan normally has a whole section here about like what we should plug at the end and I don't have that in front of me. <laughs> Tristan's not here. This podcast is all jokes and all fun and no structure for Scott right now. Pure frosting, baby. Pure that's right, frosting. That's right. We're all frosting. <laughs> Just thanks for listening and until next time, the truth is out there. Probably. probably. Oh, yeah, everyone, do it probably. <laughs> Three, two, probably. probably. We'll see, I'll get that in post. That'll well, be good. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's for the editors back home. They'll take care of it. <laughs> Which is me. I yeah. will have to take care of it. 